Good morning. Would you join me in prayer? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I had a very colorful, lively, and warm childhood. The youngest of five children and member of an extended household of 18 people as a part of the Intentional Community Reba Place Fellowship, my childhood was full and dynamic. Our household was named Lahayim, and that's Hebrew for abundant life. I was always surrounded by people. Sometimes my own sense of self was a bit overshadowed by the abundance of people and especially gifted people around me. My three older sisters were seemingly gifted in every area. They could sing, excel at school, dance, teach in the church, create works of art, act. And of me, they said, don't talk to Ruthie, she is shy. One of my favorite childhood memories was going camping. We lived in the Chicago area. However, every summer we want, went on what I would call an adventure trip. Not like the adventure trips that people today pay big money to go on. Our trips were adventures for reasons like we all needed to pile out of that big old worn out van and push so that the tents, gear, bikes, food, suitcases, homemade cookies, and folding chairs made it up the steep mountain Montana roadway. Two absolute requirements for our camping destination were a place to swim and enjoy the water and a nice place for a big campfire. I loved sitting by the campfire in the evenings. I enjoyed watching the rich colors and absorbing the warmth. I quietly wondered if I would ever shine as brightly as my sisters. Our scripture story today is from Timothy. Our storyline begins in Acts 16, where the Apostle Paul is commissioning Timothy. Paul has heard good things. Paul has heard that the people of Derby speak well of Timothy. And Paul invites Timothy to join as an assistant in the traveling missionary team. Timothy responds to this invitation. He does not know what is ahead. However, the Holy Spirit has stirred in him, and he wants to give himself to work of the church. He says goodbye to Derby and sets off with Paul and the other apostles. The team travels from town to town making their way through the crowds and busy villages. I can imagine Timothy as the newest member of the missionary team, just beginning on the learning curve. However, he is absorbing new experiences and he is growing. He must know that he is a part of something special and the people are responding to their message. Verse four says, as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders for the people to obey. And the church was strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. As the team continued on their journey, 
Timothy and Paul relied on the Holy Spirit to direct their path. Acts 16, verse 7, says that the Holy Spirit directed them away from Asia and that they tried to enter Mashiach, but the Spirit of Jesus prevented them from doing so. One night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia was standing before them and beckoning them. Please, come this way, he said. Come to Macedonia and help us. So the team readied themselves at once to follow God's instruction. Another memory from growing up at Reba Place was the coffee house. The coffee house was a theater located in a converted three-car garage in the back of one of the large Victorian-style houses owned by our community. Every Friday, we put on a lively evening of music with banjos, guitars, a homemade bass drum, and lots of singing. Once a month, we put on a drama. My mother used to go to the public library to find play scripts. She would then edit the scripts, sew the costumes, and we all helped to make the props and were in the plays. My sister Beth was Helen Keller in one of the dramas that was moving and soared much higher than our low budget. I was shy. However, I wanted very much to be a part of the drama too. I did have determination and energy. So I was cast as a very energetic jumping bean in Jack and the Beanstalk. I was quiet. However, I was now part of the drama, and I was jumping. Being shy did not work in my favor in the large urban schools that I attended. The culture I encountered in school was very different, and I did not know how to explain to the other kids why there were 18 people living in my house. In high school, I applied some of the determination to fitting in with the cool crowd, and I distanced myself from the church. A defining moment in my life occurred in 1983. <clears throat> I was a senior in high school, and together with my father, I attended the Mennonite Convention in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. This conference was the first joint conference for General Assembly and Mennonite Church, and celebrated 300 years of Mennonite witness in the Americas. Never before had I been in a setting with a large group of Mennonites, and something special happened. I sensed and understood that I belonged in this larger story, the faith of the generations and the Anabaptist tradition. The theology resonated deeply within me, and my fire started kindling. In this Mennonite body of believers, the Holy Spirit stirred, and I was convicted in my faith. That June, I was baptized in the cold, cold, clear waters of Lake Michigan. As I walked out of the waters onto the sandy shores, my family and members of Reba Place Fellowship were singing. They gathered around me, wrapped me in warm blankets, and they laid hands on me to pray. Like Timothy, the faith of generations now lived sincerely in me. I was responding to an invitation. 
I did not know what was ahead. However, I knew I wanted to have a part in the larger story of God's unfolding work in our world, and I readied myself. Our next stop in the story is 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. And we see that Timothy is now being appointed a leader in the local church of Ephesus. Paul, who had gone ahead in the journey, is imprisoned, and he writes to Timothy, Timothy, command and teach in these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith and in purity. Devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift. This was given to you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid hands on you. Not only has Timothy been chosen to be a teacher and a leader in the church, but as a part of the installation process, God imparted additional gifting through the laying on of hands. Timothy is told not to neglect his gift. Now in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, we hear Paul's encouragement to Timothy to be faithful. It reads, I thank God, whom I serve as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in Grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God. God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. But join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us into a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This passage provides a beautiful image of the generational aspect of Timothy's faith. Paul reminds Timothy that the faith first lived in his grandmother Eunice and his mother Lois, and now the faith sincerely lives in Timothy. And for this reason, Paul says, fan the flame. Fan the flame of this gift of faith that has been passed from generations. And Paul tells Timothy how he should respond to such a gift. He said, God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. Do not be ashamed. Testify about our Lord. Join me in living a holy life. I also really like the section from this verse that speaks to the relationship between Paul and Timothy. Verse 4 says, Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Prayer and tears show the great love that characterized their relationship. 
Last Thursday evening, East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church mentors and amigos gathered for a picnic at a farm pond in Mannheim. It was a beautiful evening, and the East Chestnut Street youth and their mentor friends enjoyed swimming, tubing, boating, fishing. And you can ask Aidan Waybright if he is here today about the rope swing and the tree that got in the way. We roasted hot dogs over a bright campfire and shared stories as we observed the sunset over the soybean fields. The love and faithfulness of these relationships in our faith community are a gift from God. Mentors and amigos are both teachers and learners, and through these trusted, loving relationships, our faith is being passed from one generation to the next sharing our faith with our youth so that faith lives sincerely within them as it did in Timothy, this is a gift of God. And Paul tells us how we should respond to such a gift. Fan this flame, he says. Nurturing faith in our youth is an act of hope and a commitment to the future of our church. Our church has been blessed with many gifts. In our scripture this morning, Paul instructs Timothy to strengthen the church by devoting himself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and teaching. Last Sunday, Amy Stewart gave a sermon prepared with academic rigor, a thesis, and a hypothesis, and it was shared from her heart. Many in our congregation have the gift of teaching. And during our interim, interim period, that is the summer months after Dawn's departure, but before Pastor Todd's arrival, we have been blessed by varied, insightful, and prophetic sermon voices. We have been blessed with beautiful song voices. We have been blessed with the voices of personal testimonies. Kate Cooker demonstrated her trust and vulnerability when she shared with us about the death of her father and how her family coped. Heidi Beth Wirt drew us into movement in worship. This morning, the fourth stone that we are focusing on reminds us of some of the gifts that God has provided or given to us at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church. Pastor Dawn, in her stone sermon, asked us to reflect on the last 20 months and the ways that God has provided for our congregation through these gifts, a hard-working church board, a supportive bishop, a fully engaged pastoral care team, engaging worship, multi-verse voice sermons, rich Sunday school class electives, meaningful worship times, a faithful Monday night crew that shows up week after week, a pastor relations committee that works for the health of the congregation and its pastor, and people that have stepped up to share their skills and care for our facilities and steward our resources. We have been blessed abundantly with gifts. The name Lahayim, meaning abundant life, could easily describe our congregation. Our fire has been burning brightly. 
Just as Timothy is told not to neglect his gifts and to fan the flame, I am inviting us at this important juncture in our congregation to think deliberately about our gifts at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church. This deliberateness requires reflection of the gifts God gives to each person. How we can grow new gifts in the church, as well as reflection on how each gift is put to proper use, as this is not automatic. I think a campfire is a great analogy for individual ministry, as well as for the life of our congregation. A campfire that has been burning brightly, as in the faith that lives in us and our church ministry, this fire has been doing just what it has supposed to be doing, burning brightly, bringing light, providing heat, creating deep, rich colors. However, after some time, the fire can dwindle away as the fire consumes the wood. So, from time to time, the fire needs to be stirred up. Sometimes the wood needs to be rearranged. The flames need to be fanned. And sometimes the fire needs new wood. Our fire has been burning brightly. And I invite you to um, look at our flower arrangement this morning. It symbolizes uh, the flame that has been burning at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church. However, this morning we are at the fourth stone in our crossing the river journey. We are almost to the other side, and we don't know what is on the other side. Like Timothy, let's ready ourselves. To do that, I invite us to think about this image of rekindling the fire. Let's be reflective about encouraging the gifts that God has given us and enabling new gifts in our congregation. Let's be open to how God might rearrange us or stir up the fire so that our witness to God's reconciling love shines ever more brightly. I invite us to be open to the new wood that will be added to our fire as we welcome Pastor Todd into leadership at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church. I'm excited about how Pastor Todd's new and varied experiences, perspectives, and gifts may rekindle our fire at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church and more fully lead us into God's plan and purpose for our congregation's ministry at this time. Our Anabaptist faith calls us to be fully engaged with the world, challenging, inviting, modeling, and pouring ourselves out so that the world might also participate in the joy of a reconciled life as God intended. Let's pray for God to rekindle our fire. I give thanks for the faith of generations that now live sincerely in me as in Timothy, and for invitations and promptings of the Spirit to serve in the church. One way I believe we can ready ourselves for what's ahead and fan the flame is to encourage others in growth.
from someone who was once very shy and yet yearned to be a part of the work of the church, I would like to offer some thoughts about enabling the growth of gifts. Our scripture says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. So let us not be ashamed to testify about our Lord. And Paul tells Timothy, Devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. It was through the nudging and encouragement of relationships here at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church that I first began to participate in teaching. Pam Nice Yoder was a friend, and she had a gift of teaching. A fire burning brightly, I think, is a wonderful image of Pam and how she shared her gifts in the church. Pam set a good example of serving in the church and she was invitational in drawing others into the work of the church. In her teaching, Pam understood that stories are the way children make sense of their world, orient themselves to what is true and right and good. And she was attentive to sharing God's story so that our youth pictured and understood themselves as a part of God's unfolding story. And Pam invited me and others who were willing to teach to see and understand ourselves as a part of God's unfolding story. A live drama, if you will. A drama where we all have a part. The story of God's patient and persistent calling of humanity back to the wholeness and harmony for which we were intended. More recently, I was nudged to teach in our adult Sunday school class. Now, this was very intimidating, as people in our class are deep thinkers and seminary graduates. However, positive patterns of interaction within our church enabled me to try new things and honest words of feedback and affirmation kept me going. Last summer, I pulled a big, thick book off the church library shelf, really just because I was curious. Who and why would anyone write such a book? This somehow led to a stretching experience of teaching an over 400-page book on Anabaptist theology. I am no theologian. However, Linda Gaiman Peachy and Marlon Groff and I teamed together to teach. And somewhat to our surprise, the experience was very life-giving for our teaching team and our class. Examining our Anabaptist theology in a systematic and thorough way furthered our understandings about our core convictions. We can fan the flame of our congregation by encouraging others to grow into new gifts. We can do this by setting good examples, providing opportunities, and opening the door of opportunity by inviting and even nudging people to try new things. We can help others to grow in gifts and kindle our fire by loving them, mentoring them, praying for them, and giving them honest words of feedback 
and affirmation. These interactions from the people we trust are like fresh air. They fan our flame. Our other scripture passage this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 to 11, and also speaks to gifts. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with all the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus. As we pray and discern and think together during these next months, I invite us to keep this image of rekindling a fire in our thoughts. And I am confident that our fire will be rekindled for God's purposes in our congregational ministry. As we make our way to the other side of the river, Paul and Timothy provide us with a good example by their reliance on prayer and the Holy Spirit. As we welcome a new pastor into leadership, encourage and enable gifts in our congregation, and invite our youth to have a part in the drama of God's unfolding story in our world, we are called to be clear-minded and self-controlled so that we can pray. And above all, to love each other deeply. Paul heeds us to tend our gifts and to fan our flame so that we can more fully live into the joy of a reconciled world as God intends. Here is the closing reflection from our fourth stone. As we pray in the months ahead, each of us will be open to listen to God's call to us as we are asked to share our God's provision through us with this body and through our community. Let us pray to rekindle our, fi our fire. Amen.